Hey, it's Thanks. working. We're here. Hey, We're everyone. Here. We're excited to be with you all. We are having, um, I was just going to kick us off, if that's okay. Yeah, okay, you kick us off. Okay, I'll kick us off. Um, first of all, I want to say, if you are tuning in, we're streaming in a few different places. Um, we'd love to hear who's out there. Um, feel free to leave a comment, leave a question. We're trying to get you know more and more conversation around these topics that that we believe are really important. Uh, the one we're talking about this month is the topic of callings. Thank you, honey. Um, or purpose. We believe those are fairly synonymous, kind of synonymous. Um, yeah, so we want to continue the conversation today. What we want to talk about is the idea of what callings are not. Um, so we've done a podcast on, uh, we believe that you have more than one calling. And so you can find that in our Big Self podcast. Um, and today we're going to talk about what it is not. So a little um, bit of a different twist. This was your idea and I, I like it. Um, of course, last time we uh, we talked about the five, five your five callings, that there's a framework for that. And I've really given a lot of thought and research to each of those different ones. And as a reminder or refresher for what we think that your callings are, is that we think you're, you are called to continue to learn, not just learn in general, but to learn about yourself. We think you are called to connect to others. We think you are called to contribute, which is like connecting only its service. You are called to play. That's the good news. We need to quit taking it all so seriously. A lot of positive things happen when you play. Uh, I won't go into them right now because we're just covering this high level. And you are called finally also to create a lot of things that you can create. So those are the things you are called to. But like we also want to clarify what you're not called to. Here's one huge misunderstanding I think a lot of people have when it comes to calling. You've re recently written, actually, Shelley, an article on why so many people never discover their call or purpose. Uh, and I think a lot I of people- find that on Medium. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel almost oppressed like or depressed when they are, are like, I don't know my like big true call. I must have missed it, you know, yeah. uh, on the way to Albuquerque. So it's like, so you feel this sense of disappointment if you haven't experienced your one high true call. Like so, found the thing. Yeah. The capital C call. And I have to say that if you bury all of those five things that you're called to do and try to make them your job and that is your call, then that's a lot to put on your job, first of all. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So in thinking about this topic... Uh, and I really hope this is coming through on Facebook because it's not showing up on our page. So hmm. we'll see. Um, we're, we're here. We're talking. I hope it's broadcasting. Um, the idea that our calling, we are called to do something, that we're called to find the one job that pays us money that also has like deep meaning and purpose and, and is fun and is, you know, engaging, like all these things that we pile into um, our professions, our vocations. And I think that does put a lot of pressure on people and on us. And so, and I remember um, I've written about this before and I've, as I've thought about it, you know, thinking about what am I called to do? Well, I did all the right steps. I went to college 
I studied a lot of psychology. I kept studying psychology. You know, I graduated with a degree that I felt would equip me to help people. And like, that would be it. Like, okay, I'm, I've did it. I've done it. That's my calling. That's my purpose. And then getting into it, um, so much more started unfolding. And I think it was, um, surprising to me, like how, how much I resisted about working in this field, um, how hard it was. It was like, this is supposed to be my thing and it's hard and I don't always want to do it. And I think, uh, I learned to kind of back away or re-examine this idea that it's, you know, it has to be this one thing that's out there that I have to go find. And I've come to think of it as uh, much more of an internal unfolding that I have to pay attention to. And so the calling might change. Uh, I think it does. I think we have more than one at the same time. And so really um, turning my gaze from outside of me to what's happening inside of me and what do I need to pay attention to. And I, and I think that's the thing I really want to emphasize is that we can, we can ease up on ourselves a little bit when it comes to, you know, the capital C call. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for one reason, circumstances change in our lives that are out of our control, all kinds of scenarios. Like what if you were living this dream job, whether or not you called it your call, you'll say you're living a dream job. Uh, and the job for one reason or another was taken away. Like what then happens with your call mm-hmm. or what if you are, you're in an op, an occupation where as your skills diminish, you can't, you know, any longer perform the same role. I think Dan Cumberland, when we interviewed him on the podcast, named a couple of examples. He's, he's worked with uh, ballet dancers where, you know, they had diminishing skills. Mm -hmm. Um, He also, there was a nurse who um, she wasn't able to function with her hands as well. Uh, We can certainly easily identify athletes. So, um, you know, but what if, uh, and also what if you're in a fulfilling job and it's simply time maybe to retire or you have to move? So there's a lot of things outside of our control that might impact how we have to interpret our call and adapt to it. And another is that we change. One of the things that I often think about is like when I look back on the the past decade, I'm like, so much has happened in a decade. We're not very good predictors about what's to come in a decade, but I think we really need to be open-minded, adaptive, and to be able to seek new opportunities um, when it comes to, uh, yeah, when it comes to calling. And also another thing is, I don't think it's like binary that you either have a calling or you don't. I think you can have a strong sense of call or a weaker sense of call, but we all have callings. How do you think about your calling? Okay. Just putting me right on the spot, huh? (laughs) You know, I, I've, I've given so much thought to this over the, over the many years because I was raised to, um, follow my call. I wasn't really, uh, fortunately to my parents' credit. Which is such a vague topic. It's It's like, what does that mean? And I think that's why we're talking about this. I want to say to my parents' credit, they weren't forcing me or putting undue expectations on me to be something, but I guess the, the weakness of it was in all of that freedom, to follow the Lord's call specifically, um, it was vague. And I don't want to go down the whole road of all of that journey. I think there have been times where uh, I was in the pocket and I was 
living out what would be my calling. Like as a professor of creative writing for a number of years in a couple of institutions, uh, I was like, there were a lot of things about skill sets and joy and passions that it really fit the bill for. Uh, I, I loved getting up in front of uh, people to uh, use my, you know, um, verbal skills as well as, you know, having the opportunity to keep doing my own writing with my written skills. I also really loved the student teacher interaction. I, I love working with students and it was missional in that way of like giving your time to helping others do well and helping them prepare for success. But I also think that like institutionally there were like constraints that didn't feel good at times too. So I felt like there was that was a calling for a while. Right now, you know, through some uh, other trials and tribulations, mm -hmm. I feel in the pocket again with you um, launching Big Self School. So we just had Jerry Colonna on the podcast. Hi, Jerry. Um, and he, um, the way he talked about the integrity that he comes to his work because of who he is, and he's matching up his insides and his outsides, basically. Like the you know, what I'm manifesting in the world, whether it's paid work or not, has to align with what's happening in my in the internal inner world. And I love that concept um, of how do you kind of constantly get in uh, this relationship with what's who you are and paying attention to those intuitions those ideas, those dreams, and then that's then the the result of what you bring out into the world. And to add to that, I wanted to say, I think Greg Lavoie, author of Callings, Finding and Pursuing an Authentic Life, he really talked about living from the inside out, and certainly so does Parker Palmer. So I think that's the first thing that, that we're suggesting that a calling is not, is it's not this kind of externalized a list of of duties and expectations that you have to kind of cross, you know, check the box. Um, I think that's what most of us tend to think about in this very logical way. That there's a linear linear way that we get to our big call C, and it's just a lot messier. I think it is kind of can be vague, uh, but I think that's the point. You get in relationship to your calling. Um, that's the goal, not that it's something outside view that you find. And I think what's interesting too, I think we're at the same time um, also talking about another point, which is the inside. It's, there's no one true capital C. And then also we're talking about the concept that it's something that you have to intuit that comes from within, from listening to that inner voice, that inner teacher. Um, the inner teacher is a Quaker. It's, it goes back in the Quaker thought for at least 400 years, that concept. I know it's called other things by other philosophies or, or religions. Uh, but, you know, I think Parker Palmer does make a very good point about that. He's he's like, I, you really do have to listen to the soul. The soul is, but the soul is quiet. It's like a wild animal mm. and you have to go out into the quiet forest and really look for it. It's not just going to be there for it. That's his um, comparison, his illustration. Um, so, but also... And that idea of one of your callings is to connect 
uh, with others. He also really emphasizes that we can get lost in that forest of only listening to our own voice. We need to hear ourselves talk out what we're thinking and hearing in our inner voice to others, have them mirror it back to us. So it does help to be in community and uh, to be able to trust in others Well, it, it, to give I, us some feedback. Yeah, and I, I think the ego is so powerful right. that if we're not in community with other people and we're not listening to ourselves, we begin to think that the ego is the calling, that this is my purpose, this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so when we, and I think that's where you're, you're saying, suggesting maybe that's where we get lost, um, is definitely where I've been on my path and have gotten lost, where I start to get really focused on what's right in front of my face and I, I kind of uh, lose vision, lose sight of the things that are most important or the feedback I'm been, I've been given or my values. Um, I, th- I think that's where we need other people around us. We okay. we definitely. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to add to that that you know our ego selves it, it it matches up with Western culture the individual self which is a strength and a virtue in a lot of ways but we do tend to isolate in our ego shells and we do tend to disconnect and right now there could be a lot of reasons for disconnection it might you might be in positive or or healthy or unhealthy habits um, from the pandemic um, kind of isolating off that way but there's so many reasons we could be in a time of transition you could have had a death in the family you could have a relationship that's flamed out there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that can force you kind of into more of a that um, I am a rock I am an island to uh, quote Paul Simon uh, and to get back into the flow of things, I remember Alan Watts makes a really, the philosopher Alan Watts really makes a very important point about the the deepest Eastern philosophies and Western religions really teach about the interconnectedness of things. And that, again, comes back to connection for mm-hmm. as one of our callings. Yeah. But so, should we get back to what yeah, well, they're not? So one, one other thing, yeah, yeah, that we think that they are not, callings are not forced. Um, Mm. and, uh, this one's really hard for me because I I have believed for a very long time that I get to success or I get to, um, the end goal through effort. And then that effort can turn into forcing things that, that aren't supposed to be to happen. And so I think that there's a, there's a really interesting kind of tension with call with when we're in in relationship with our calling, like really trying to discern it is probably the best word I can think of. It's not something that's forced, um, like this have to or must, you know, do this. Um, but it's also something that doesn't always come really easily. And so I think that tension, um, managing that tension is probably a pretty good kind of creative spot to be. And I'll give a little bit of an example. So, uh, and I've talked a lot about my, my company and my work in that, you know, here I am, this, you know, licensed therapist, psychologist coming and heading up a, a hardware technology company um, and felt really like I had to make this happen. This was my purpose. Like, I, and I don't know who, where I believe that or how, how I felt that that was 
right. But somewhere along the line, I think it was probably a lot of my ego uh, pushing me to do this work and do it well and better than anybody and competitive and all those things. And, and looking back, I think that is ego. That is my pride. Um, that is something that really, uh, I think got me off course with my calling and then going through that and kind of coming down from so much resistance, I've landed in a place of surrender where I can really kind of take off the pride mask or the ego mask or, you know, whatever your mask is that you wear to keep all these balls in the air. And I can really settle into, um, surrender into something that's just a lot more authentic. And it is this kind of, um, uh, nature in me that wants to help people, that wants to listen, that wants to connect and relate and not always be uh, at the top of the pyramid kind of demanding and CEOing is what I call it. So I think there is something that I have, I've had to settle into and learn that it's something I can't force. Even as hard as that's been for And it me. can be deceptive. I mean, I th- I was, I'm thinking back on the time, like, you could call it your ego, but I think there was also opportunity there. And, and you also... discernment. And you also framed it in your own personal story and why you were taking it on. So... It yeah. I mean, I think with hindsight, though, right? With a little bit of time and separation, yeah. we can look back with, with more honest eyes and see it for what it was, which was... I felt like I was pursuing my calling, but man, that forcing, like I was getting up every day (laughs) and forcing something to happen that um, I don't know that was really in my nature. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll add to that in a sense, the the idea of forcing it or sort of almost demanding an answer because you're asking uh, in general and broad brushstrokes, that was my three year experience in seminary. It was because, you know, coming out of being an English major and not really having a lot of models or you know, examples of fulfilling life, life jobs outside of, uh, outside of the ministry, I, I really didn't have a lot of direction. And so I went into seminary and right off the bat, I was like, okay, I've been told all along, I got to follow my calling. Well, we're going to find out this calling. We're going to do that. And <laughs> like you I, can go do your homework. And I read and I journaled and I went to seminars and, you know, conferences on this subject, uh, prayed, you know, sought direction, did all these. And I mean, you were I, forcing it a lot. I was, I, you know, and even though a lot of those things you would say are very much the right thing, not forcing, I was really almost demanding a, a kind of a burning bush type of answer of you are supposed to be a journalist in finance or something just incredibly specific so that I could know with clarity what direction to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you know, younger people, younger than we are, um, tend to think that way. Like even out of college, I'm, you know, the whole idea of finding myself, um, and you know, in our mid forties here, you, at the end, (laughs) I think we have come to realize that it is, it is, um, it's just a lot messier than that. And, and, and a lot happens in a decade. <laughs> Which you like to say. Yeah. So well, the other, I, I want to say one more thing about what, um, what a calling is not. 
is that it's, and we've alluded to this, but it's not logical. Mm. And I think that um, the, the more I think about how calling has unfolded in my life, it is so illogical. Like it doesn't always, it rarely makes sense. And I think there's a deep intuition that I'm, I'm trying to listen to a lot more um, and trying to trust that guidance and that it's, it's pointing me in a direction that I just can't understand. Well, let's unpack that a tiny bit because I want to say in some ways that uh, it it is logical in that like you can, you know, kind of understand some of your strengths or, or places where you feel joy or where you, you know, um, wake up a little bit when you're doing something, feel energized. And that would be logical. But I think that it does, um, our following our callings does certainly surprise us along the way. And maybe that's where it, it might not be logical all the time. Well, it, it, yeah, because we, we've talked about over the last few weeks with several of our guests and just to us that it is, there's an intuitive process. Um, and it's really hard to talk logically about intuition. Um, and I'm, there are people that are doing it very well and much better than we are. But I do think about that inner, that inner knowing, the inner voice of rightness. Um, I, I think it can sometimes be in conflict with the external kind of demands of our lives or the right. external um, necessities. Like it doesn't always sync up. And I, and I think it takes time, maybe a lot, maybe a decade, a lot of time sometimes for it to finally like sync up enough that you're like, oh, okay, now I can, I can get it. I can kind of see... Um, there's a direction that's being pointed here. And, and, and again, I think it's a lot of hindsight too. We, there's a Steve Jobs, I think it's Steve Jobs quote about we can't, you know, we can only predict by looking back. And I do think there's something about that that, um, that begins to make sense when we can look back and see the steps. It looks more concrete. But when you're looking forward and trying mm. to piece it together... Yeah. There's just a lot of um, ambiguity and a lot of trust involved in that. I mean, dreams don't... I have certainly found. Yeah. Like dreams are symbolic logic or, or maybe not even logic, but that might be an example of like listening to our dreams. They speak to us in ways that are not logical mm -hmm. or left brain. I think another way to add to what we're saying that maybe it's not logical is that a huge like learning growth part of like really listening to our calling is to m move to that shadow side of things and to move to that side where there's a learning curve and it's like, and how do you know what you, you have to be open to like, okay, what are my deficits? What are my limitations? Mm -hmm. uh, what, like, and I think one certain trigger for that is like, well, or is to think about like who triggers you, like who makes you in a certain context, just furious and like that you, you know, have violent thoughts about <laughs> or, maybe or something. Um, and, and like what, you know, starting to unpack that and yeah. like, what is your role in that? Oh, that is, so an, this that's is, an educator. This is where I'm, when I say it's not logical, this is what I'm talking about. So logic would dictate that you stay far away from those people. 
that you don't work closely with them, that you buffer and boundary. Right. Um, that That's logical. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But it's non-logical, but it's true, to, is that those people have uh, the most to teach you yeah. about yourself, about your own resistance, about often. what's happening in your life. Well, yes, often. And I think, obviously, there are just some dangerous people out there that... Toxic, yeah. That we don't need to be around. But I think that... Um, that this that emotional reactivity that we can feel sometimes is is part of our growth path and part of where I think our calling might be pointing us to take a look at. Yeah. So even though it doesn't make any sense. So yes, and I think the shadow work, um, diving into some of this unconscious work is is really critical for people who want to kind of have a more robust definition of what their calling is. So your calling is not a capital C call. There are numerous, there's a framework, there's numerous callings within uh, following your call. And I think that you can't force it from the outside in. But the reason so many people miss it now, uh, their callings or discovering their purpose is because they trivialize uh, the unconscious mind, the inner world, um, don't want to be challenged by looking at their shadow side and just, you know. And I think mistaking motion for movement mistaking busyness as the pursuit moving forward of of the calling when, when just because we're in motion doesn't mean we're actually growing um, growing that's yeah. right yeah that's, you right. Said, that's point number 1 right we are called to grow to learn about ourselves and it's our it's a, and it's, it's in our evolution to be moving forward not if you're stagnating if you're if you're running in circles you're basically you might as well be moving backwards um, cuz yes. you're not yeah you're not in in the pocket of your calling so we um, we just wanted to have kind of a broader definition of calling and purpose and move us away from this myopic kind of like small way of thinking about it. Um, James Hillman, who's is one of my favorite writers and authors and, and psych, psychiatrist, I believe, um, he talks about you know psychology is soul work, and we in our modern psychological kind of system we have essentially divorced the soul almost entirely from psychology. And so what we're hoping to do with this conversation is to help you pick back up the soul, like, re, like okay, let's, let's make this a part of the psychological working of everybody um, and take, take us away from this notion that a, a calling or a purpose is just about a job. Do you have anything else to add? I like that. I, you know, I think um, also I would like to encourage people to think of their calling as uh, a story, like think mm. of your life as a story and be trying to frame it on your, your Ooh, own terms that way. Um, and, and, you know, I've said this with friends before, we're the, the main star in our own story <laughs> and really thinking yeah. about what are the lessons that are evolving as we're living this one life. 
It's a process, of course. It's easier said than done. You're not going to listen to a 30-minute podcast and suddenly <laughs> be able to uh, know your Colleen's uh, or read all of those little articles out there of the seven ways to know your Colleen or whatever they are. But, um, but you know, hey, this is we're trying to help deep dive into some of the subtleties and the deep richness and joy of the process that, that it entails. One last thing is we have a free download. If you're wanting to dive into this work deeper, we would invite you all to go to bigselfschool.com slash core values. And we have a workbook there, a beautiful, fun little workbook that you can download and work through. And it helps you distill your all your values down into three core values and really think through what those look like in your life because we believe that that is a pretty it is critical to really moving forward and in, um, in your calling is you've got to know what you value you've got to know yeah. what tethers you it's a good first step to for some, something concrete yeah yeah so we would um, invite y'all to do that if you want to check it out bigselfschool.com slash core values and we're done. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see, you see you here again week. next week. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, y'all.